Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hey gang, Chad Jensen here. Before we get to today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast, which is yet another deep dive football conversation between Zach and I, I want to give you a little preview of what you can look forward to with the show in the coming days. On Saturday, Building the Broncos returns with another personnel-driven conversation between Nick and Carl with special guest Eric Trickle, and then Huddle Up will return on Monday to react to Thursday's introductory press conference of the Broncos coordinator trio. It's gonna be a gas. Without further ado... You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports and powered, as you know now, by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. He is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, on Wednesday, we all received the bitterest of news, the bitterest of pills, and that was the release of Andre Holmes. (laughs) Happy trails. R.I.P. Andre Holmes. We hardly knew you. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, he was brought in to serve as a short-term Band-Aid over a bullet hole after Sanders went down, and he was kind of a Musgrave guy, so he's a quick, you know, quick fix, fill a gap type thing. But in your report, did, wasn't it like one reception, five yards, yeah. over three games? one reception, five yards, three games, and a lot of special teams under Musgrave. And then just, they don't need him anymore. That's right. Got an early start on their roster forming. A lot, a lot going on this offseason. They got an early jump start on it. We have a lot to get to today. We're not going to waste a whole lot of time talking about Andre Holmes uh, and the other offensive lineman, Barkley, that they signed also the Broncos earlier this week. Obviously a great conversation yesterday with Chris Biderman. What we felt like this episode, uh, what we're going to discuss since we're going daily here at the Huddle Up podcast. Now, a quick aside. We released to all of you wonderful listeners on Twitter on Tuesday evening the news that uh, we are going to a daily format. What does that mean? What it actually comes down to is four times a week, you're going to get episodes from Zach and I here on the Huddle Up podcast. Two other days of the week, you're going to be getting episodes from Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. All tidy up in one nice little feed, whether, you know, whatever application you listen to your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Spreaker or YouTube. So you're going to have a podcast. If you've got seven days in a week, you're going to have a podcast six of those seven days because even we have to rest on that day of rest that is Sunday. Okay, so that's the only day, basically, you, you don't look forward to a podcast. But every other day, we're going to be busting our humps to have a fresh pod for you between the four of us each and every day. So look forward to that. Now, what we're going to discuss today is just some of the early takeaways from the Senior Bowl on the quarterback front, and then we're going to dive into a full episode of 
the Mile High Mailbag. So before we get to that, though, make sure you are following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Also, if you have not done so, make sure you rate the show wherever you're listening and leave a creative review. Absolutely crucial. Those of you who have done so, we love you. We really appreciate you. Those of you who are listening to this podcast each and every day, each and every episode, if you haven't taken the time to do your duty, you got to rectify that. Help us out. Helps us grow new, uh, grow and reach new listeners. So take care of that. But Zach, uh, you know, this is very much a, as a senior bowl. This is very much a kind of anticlimactic senior bowl compared to 2018 when you had the likes of Baker Mayfield, you had Josh Allen down there lighting things up. I mean, just those two together who ended up going really high in the draft, both I think it was top 10, whatever it was with Allen. We know Mayfield went number one, but I'm pretty sure Allen went, what, seven or eight, something like that to Buffalo. Anyway, it was uh, a big, a big difference compared to this year where you've got really one headliner and then kind of a secondary guy in Daniel uh, Jones from Duke and then there's kind of everybody else Will Greer though let's talk about him real quick he's been talking to all my draft dudes and people in the know and just kind of the buzz coming out of uh, Mobile this year he's been a categorical massive disappointment thus far from what it sounds like yeah, I've heard the same thing. And another thing last year that made the Senior Bowl better was that the Broncos coaches were actually participating. So um, it tied to our universe a little bit. But yeah, um, there's Drew Locke, and it feels like there's everybody else at the Senior Bowl this year. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of buzz around it. And fortunately for the Broncos, he is among their shortlist of candidates at number 10 overall. John Elway's there. Uh, personnel director Matt Russell's there. They're getting an up-close look at him. They already scouted Locke. In um, you know, in the during the season, and they are getting a, a shot at the other quarterbacks too, like Jones and Greer. And I've heard the same thing. He's been up and down. And that's his thing. That's his biggest downfall. He's inconsistent. That's why I don't like him. Uh, uh, definitely not as a first round quarterback. Not as a franchise quarterback. He is a second or third round, maybe even fourth round draft pick. Um, but there's a big separation between Drew Locke and Will Greer, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. He's been, Greer's a guy that, you know, before, and all the draft guys, you know, they had their their evaluation on him. They were pretty nonplussed despite the prolific production he put up at West Virginia. All the draft guys, including Nick, Carl, Eric, all those guys were like, yeah, you know, there's some intriguing things about him, but from a tools perspective, from an overall package perspective, he's a mid-round to late-round pick, really. And if any, and if he ends up going any higher than that in the draft, Will Greer, it's going to be due to hype and his striking good looks, right? So that, that's kind of the book on Greer. And unfortunately for him thus far at the Senior Bowl, he hasn't done anything to you know, really kind of counter that and change the the overall trajectory of what his draft stock is looking like now. And in fact, Zach, he might even have been, he might have even heard it so far because he's just looked really bad. And even though the draft Knicks, the experts that are in on this kind of thing every day, they, they eat, sleep, breathe the draft, you know, they knew the limitations of Will Greer. Even they have been disappointed with what they've seen from him at the Senior Bowl practices thus far. And it's really fun. You know, I've covered the Senior Bowl in person. We're going to try really hard as a, as a website to get down there again this year after covering it also last year with the Broncos being there. Uh, but s- situations conspired. We weren't able to do it. But look forward to some great things uh, for the Combine coverage, by the way. So we plan on doing that. But anyway, let's talk about Drew Luck. What have been your biggest takeaways thus far from the developments of Drew Locke, the early days of Senior Bowl week? 
well, what stood out right away was his arm strength and the zip on the football that he possesses. The guy has a cannon, and that definitely appeals to John Elway, who looked for that big arm. Another thing I noticed in his dealings with the media, Drew Locke is very, very relaxed. He has a very easygoing demeanor. Um, he was handling questions with ease, and that's um, a, a big contrast to a person like Daniel Jones, who's not answering questions and referring people to his agent. That's not the way you build your stock in Mobile. Drew Locke is doing it the right way, so I was very impressed by how he handled the media, because that's part of being a franchise quarterback. It's not just what you could do on the field. It's how you handle the press, the off-the-field stuff. So in that sense, he's definitely won um, the senior senior world practices so, so far. But physically, as a prospect, the guy is everything you look for. I mean, he's 6'3", plus athleticism, mobility, a big arm, can make all the throws. He has some nice touch and accuracy in Mobile so far. So um, by far, he's the biggest winner, in my opinion. And one thing I know that has impressed people is that Drew Locke has shown some improvement in some of his areas that have been, you know, holes or areas of concern for scouts, such as his footwork, which has looked improved this thus far at the Senior Bowl. So that's all a good sign because the book on Drew Locke, if you look at his career at Missouri, each year he progressed. He got better each year all the way through his senior uh, campaign there. And that is encouraging to scouts, meaning that in each stage of his football a career, He's improving, which means you can kind of extrapolate that if you're an NFL team. You're looking at all the tools. You're looking at all of his upside. You can extrapolate that and roll the dice, safely assume that he's going to be able to also make that jump and improve at the next level. And even though if it doesn't happen right away, you know, if he ends up being a, a rookie starter somewhere, maybe even in Denver, he's going to go through the ups and downs of every rookie. But then you can you can count on him taking making some kind of improvement in year two and so forth. So the one thing, too, and you bring up his his interview or his time at the podium, you know what he reminded me of? He reminded me of Brock Osweiler at the podium. Uh, There's something about good comparison. that, you know, Brock Osweiler, for all of his limitations, he crushed the podium. Anytime he was at the podium, man, I mean, he was consummate pro. It's like he had just gotten out of a PR right. clinic or something before he, he hits <laughs> the podium. And there was something about his mannerisms – kind of his relaxed but but cocksure demeanor that just I don't know what it was it reminded me of, of Brock Osweiler and that's not necessarily a bad thing I mean the biggest disconnect with Brock Osweiler was you know he'd stand at the podium you know he'd say the right things he'd compliment his teammates he'd compliment his coaches he spoke with professionals I mean he spoke and looked like a franchise freaking quarterback at the podium but then it wouldn't translate out on the gridiron so that's my biggest concern with Locke hopefully that's not the way it trans or turns out with him as uh, either no, I mean, the difference between them is that Osweiler is a bad quarterback and Locke can be a good quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah, that's a good, you know, a good point. They both have that cool, confident demeanor, great with the press, very laid back. I was impressed by Drew Locke. And after watching some film and watching him in Mobile so far, I'm warming up to him at number 10. I'm not yet ready to say for sure that he should be the pick or they should trade up for him if he need to be number two, let's say. But I'm warming up to that pick. I think he could be what the Broncos need and they have to keep swinging for the fences. If Elway, who's seen him now two times up close, he'll see him at the combine, he'll see him in pro days, interviews. If he thinks he's the guy, he needs to swing for the fence and not wait till 2020. They don't have a young quarterback on the roster. They have to get one on the roster this offseason, whether it's a rookie or a current NFL player. If they think Locke is the guy, um, certainly so far he's shown all the traits of that. Long way to go still, but um, if he's the guy, I would pull the trigger on him for sure. I think Elway, um, he's going to be aggressive, and if he falls in love with him, don't be surprised if he's the pick. 
I would say that about 80% of my evaluation on Locke is is kind of in. I need to spend a little bit more time watching some of his senior uh, season highlights uh, and game film, but I like him. I would not be yeah. disappointed if the Broncos either A, took him at pick 10, or even had to leap forward a couple spots to grab him. Like, you know, the Broncos need a quarterback, and Drew Locke is – he has all the tools that you look for and the things that are weaknesses he's shown improvement on some of his technical issues his footwork things that can be coached you know those are things that uh, a team like the Denver Broncos under this new coaching staff who's all about teaching fundamentals and technique can mold you know he's he's got the raw material just waiting for the right coaches at the at the pro level to shape him into a franchise quarterback and I think he's that so I mean just up to this point I'm about 80% confident saying I'd be I'd be completely happy with the Broncos taking him at pick 10 maybe I'll maybe I'll pump the brakes a little bit at this point on saying you know do whatever you got to do to trade up and grab him Um, but I'll at least say that at pick 10 I'd be completely happy with him now let's talk real quick before we jump to the mailbag about Daniel Jones who you know very uh, Daniel Jones look his time at Duke also a guy who started for uh, quite a, a few games for for the Blue Devils. He's a David Cutcliffe disciple who, all, you know, was the the guru for both Peyton and Eli Manning in college. So he knows his quarterbacks. He knows uh, how to coach them up. He understands pro offenses. His quarterbacks are always viewed as being pro ready, even if they don't have the greatest skill sets or tools. And Jones is is one of his better. Uh, proteges that he's coached at the college level but a lot of the same issues in terms of you know great mental processing ability reads the field knows where he's going with the ball pre-snap can navigate the pocket okay he's even got some plus athleticism but he just doesn't have the strongest of arms and in fact Nick put out a great article Nick Kendall on Wednesday hopefully you guys check that out where he basically broke down the difference between Drew Locke and Daniel Jones and said that, you know, you look at Daniel Jones, everything's great, everything's great until the ball leaves his hand. And then you're, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, coitus interruptus. You're really excited, you're almost there, and it's like, oh, man, the <laughs> balls are floating in the air. It's You know, if he has to go deep, it's just – so I encourage everyone to go back and read that. But what has have your thoughts been so far on what you've seen and some of the buzz on Daniel Jones in Mobile? Yeah, I agree. That's a great analogy by Nick or a great great way to put that because he's a low ceiling guy, Daniel Jones, and the Broncos don't need that. They don't need another Trevor Simeon type or, uh, you know, a a lesser talent. They need a a talented quarterback who's a really franchise caliber guy. And it's easier said than done, easier said to find um, than I'm suggesting. But I don't see it in Daniel Jones. Drew Locke is that guy. If there's a quarterback in this draft to find who can be that guy who fits Elway's ideals and has it is the total package relatively speaking to this draft class, it's Drew Locke. Daniel Jones, to me, does not have the highest ceiling. Uh, Maybe down the road he can be a spot starter or a quality backup, someone like a Case Keenum, but to me, he doesn't scream franchise guy. The Broncos need that guy desperately. Yeah, he's he's a low-ceiling guy. I mean, if you're looking to hedge your bet on a high-floor guy, Jones is is a good option, but that's not what the Broncos need right now. So, you know, if the Broncos didn't go quarterback in the first round, and lo and behold, Daniel Jones was there in round two or or three, I'd be okay with them with the Broncos taking him, but not kind of betting the farm or giving up such a high value pick at ten to take Daniel Jones. But you know, as we uh, get a little bit closer to the draft, we'll dive a lot more into all of these prospects. And I encourage, of course, all of our listeners to make sure you do not miss a single episode of Building the Broncos, who are going ape, you know what 
on the Senior Bowl, deep diving on all of the draft implications, etc. But uh, before we get to the Mile High Mailbag, really quick, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll dive in. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, so time for us to take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because Zach and I are your football priest, and each and every week we are here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And we're saving uh, the VIP mailbag for another episode this one we didn't have as much time to get an actual thread going on the website so we're going straight off twitter because you guys had so many questions in the mailbag this week especially on twitter so uh, those of you who listen to the chris biderman episode you'll you'll see that your vip questions obviously were answered there so jumping into the mailbag though let's see here from ron pablo at ron pab one one dude you got to shorten your twitter uh your twitter handle i can't even read that Assuming the Broncos, Zach, draft a quarterback in the draft, which one fits the most the new offensive coordinator scheme? And if they stick with Keenum, how can Rich Scangarello make him better? That's from Ruan. Uh, off the top of my head, Zach, I would say Drew Locke is a guy that could operate that scheme pretty well. I'd love to see him working with Rich Scangarello, but your answer for Ruan. Yeah, I agree. If there's any quarterback in this class, it's going to be Drew Locke. And they hire Eric Scangarello because of his work with young quarterbacks, uh, Garoppolo, Beathard, and, and Nick Mullins. Um, he can, he'll be an upgrade on the previous coaching staff. He'll get more out of Case Keenum, but they need a young guy to mold with him, and that's not Case Keenum's forte, obviously, with his age and his skill set. If there's a guy in this draft, it is Drew Locke. Yeah, but also, I mean, if the Broncos end up being in position to get Dwayne Haskins, I, I think he would be a good fit. He's going to be gone. He'll probably be gone, but uh, a guy who's going to continue to build up some intrigue as we get closer to the draft is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner himself, Kyler Murray, who I think can play in a lot of the newer school college-style schemes that are predominating the NFL. He's got a lot stronger arm than people realize. It's just simply a matter of size for him, who... By at least on the outside looking in, we, we don't have the official measurements yet at the combine. If he allows himself to be measured, which he might not, but uh, it's, he, he looks to me like he's a little bit smaller than Russell Wilson. And if that's the case, I know he pulled it off in college, and far be it from me to be the guy that's, you know, pounding the, the table about size in the NFL and prototypes and all this. But I do have my doubts that he could, he could handle the, the wear and tear that's going to come from getting hit from, by NFL caliber guys. I mean, assuming he even makes it to the combine, he even plays football. I, there's there's some speculation that um, him McLaren for the draft was a ploy to get more money from the MLB. So we'll have to see what happens with him. I think if Gary Kubiak was in the building still, it, it would make more sense for the Broncos to chase Kyler Murray. Uh, but given Elway's um, MO and given his preferences for a quarterback, he doesn't really fit that. I don't think he, he would want to gamble again on an undersized guy with questionable commitment to the game. So uh, that's why I feel very confident in saying if there's a quarterback in this draft class that the Broncos are going to take it's going to be drew lock all right now here's one from jedi joshua 58 his question is could drew lock run this new scheme that we're going to have now we touched on that one already but also do you guys think his scheme will help our running backs or hurt them rich gangarello's scheme i mean look at what the niners produced last year uh, despite uh, some injuries that struck the running back stable zach it seemed like they got pretty good production out of their young guys 
I think it's going to go hand in hand. I think they're going to be a running offense primarily and take the pressure off whoever's under center. Uh, with Philip Lindsay and Roy Freeman, two great running backs, you're coming from that Shanahan zone running, zone blocking scheme. You have Mike Munchak coming over who emphasized a strong ground game. So um, they're going to lean on the running back. It's going to be a primarily running offense, and they'll use their quarterback to feed off that. So if they can get that going, um, it should aid whoever's under center, whether it's Keenum Locke or somebody else. Now, here's one from Callie Orange and Blue on Twitter, at SpyBoyJinx. says, I know the Broncos have needs at linebacker, cornerback, and offensive tackle. Are there any day one starters there at the Senior Bowl, or should we go free agency to plug those holes? Now, I'll go through a list, Zach, of a few guys that uh, my dudes have mentioned to me as particular fits that are at the Senior Bowl right now. Um, but before that, you know, one thing you got to understand, Cali, orange and blue, is that free agency is used to fill roster holes as many as possible. That's what how most NFL teams operate, but especially the Broncos, they're going to do everything they can in free agency to fill as many roster holes as possible. You can't always get them all, but that's what the Broncos are mainly going to try and do. I would say, Zach, on the defensive side of the ball, some areas of, of weakness like off-ball linebacker and cornerback, maybe even safety, and then try and find the right quarterback in the draft. And then, of course, fill whatever's left, try and, and walk the line of best player available at a position of need, which is really what it comes down to. It's not just best player available for most NFL teams, including the Broncos. It's usually who's the best player available on our board at a position that you know right now we feel like we need to address. Oh, yeah. The Broncos, I think, are going to sign at least one veteran quarter in free agency. They cannot go into 2019 with just Chris Harris Jr. coming back from injury and a bunch of young guys with Bradley Roby gone. So they're gonna, I think they're going to sign one guy, and one guy to keep in mind is Bryce Callahan um, from the Bears. Obviously knows Fangio and Donatel. And they might double up on that position in the draft because they are so bare right now with just Yadam and Langley left back there. So, yeah, I think they're going to fill most of their holes, linebacker, defensive uh, uh, lineman, safety, corner, and then they'll leave quarterback and whatever else for the draft. So I think if they don't go QB, they will go corner. And that's why Greedy Williams, uh, Baker, those are round one options if they don't go quarterback. But look for the Broncos to sign at least one corner in free agency. And I like Bryce Callahan as a name to watch. Now to address the, the part of your question that was, who are there any day one starters at the Senior Bowl? You know, I'll piggyback on some of the work Carl Dummler published earlier this week on the website in which he identified some of the top prospects to watch in Mobile that are at positions of need for the Broncos who could be good scheme fits. There were three quarterbacks that he mentioned, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Jarrett Stidham, and then there were some corners. He had Rock Yasin from Temple. I'm not even sure how to pronounce this, pronounce this dude's name. Amani Oruwariye from Penn State. Iman Marshall from USC. Off-ball linebacker, some really intriguing guys. Jermaine Pratt from NC State, former teammate of Bradley Chubb. The kid from Stanford, uh, Stanford Bobby Okariki, I'm not sure how that's pronounced either. And then a, just a grip of defensive and offensive linemen. So to answer your question, yes, there are a lot of day one caliber starting prospects that are at the Senior Bowl right now. Not A lot of them aren't going to be within the Broncos' reach, depending on how they prioritize their draft board, especially early in the draft. But I'm confident, Zach, the Broncos are going to be able to find some linebacker help, some offensive line help in this draft. But again, I remain confident and adamant First things first, exhaust all possibilities of getting either Drew Locke or Drew, uh, Dwayne Haskins, excuse me, early in the draft. 
Yeah, the quarterback more than likely is not going to be an option in free agency or via trade. So the draft is going to be their focus for a quarterback. And that's why I feel like they're going to fill most of the roster holes before that. So I don't really put too much emphasis either in the senior bowl. We still have the combine coming. We still have testing, pro days, you know, workouts. A lot can still change between now and late April. But right now, Drew Locke is the number one guy at the senior bowl and by far the Broncos' biggest need. So everything pretty much aligns uh, for right now. All right, so here is one from Nathaniel Belt. If the Broncos go best player available in round one, not a QB in parentheses, who are some round two through four quarterbacks you would like to see in Denver? Um, One thing I'll throw out on this subject that uh, is intriguing to me, again, Daniel Jones, I wouldn't want him in the first round, but he is such a a high-floor guy, and he he could operate a West Coast offense like a boss. And that's really the realm that Scangarello is coming from is the foundation of a West Coast offense and then building on top of that with some of the newer philosophies predominating the NFL. I think Daniel Jones could make it work, but I just wouldn't want to see him on day one. A few other guys that uh, are making some waves that are I'm, I'm intrigued, especially at the Senior Bowl, the Minshew kid. Well, I can't remember his first name off the top Gardner. of my Gardner. Yes. Uh, he's interesting. I actually like the Jarrett Stidham kid. He interests me a little bit as a mid-round pick. Will Greer, if it was Uh mid-round, I could be talked into it. You just can't sell the farm for a guy like Greer. If you bring him in as a developmental project guy, I I could be okay with that. Um, The only guys I would consider early that are at the Senior Bowl right now, there's only one, and that's Drew Locke. Right, first round, Drew Locke. Um, The the mid-rounds, if you give me Will Greer in the third round, I'm, I'm good on that. I don't want him in the, in the first round or second round, but Will Greer in the third round is a great value. One name to keep in mind, though, in the fifth, sixth, or seventh rounds is Brett Ripien from Boise State. The Broncos met with him already, um, a very high-character individual, which they value, uh, good production, good arm, good pocket awareness. So that's one name to keep in mind in the later rounds. But I firmly believe the Broncos will come out of the first three rounds with a quarterback. They have to. They have no other choice. So um, Drew Locke in the first and someone – like you said, if Daniel Jones can fall to the second round – they should trade up to secure that. That's yeah. an amazing value right there. So if they wait until the third, then someone like Greer comes into play. So they should have options in all three rounds. But I would put my eggs in that basket of Drew Locks in round one for now. A couple of questions, both from RSH, Kevin Crumley, great listener and VIP subscriber, about any ideas on who will be named the quarterbacks coach in Denver. I've heard some things. Um, they're not things I can share publicly. Have you, Zach, seen any public reports out there of names that have been tied to the Broncos for that position? I, I really haven't. The only thing that, that really makes sense right now is making Scangarello the quarterbacks coach and having him double up. I mean, that's what I thought they were going to do with Donatel with the secondary. They didn't do mm-hmm. that. But, yeah, I, I've heard no names so far. So unless they have a secret candidate and they're being mum about it, I think it could be Scangarello. Hmm. We'll see how it shakes out. A um, couple more, and then we're out of here for today. This one comes from Trail Cam. His question is, can Fangio make Roby a quality starter, Bradley Roby? And if Bryce Callahan comes to Denver, will we still draft a cornerback early, and how would the depth chart look with our rookie corners? Uh, and then an example is offered up. Chris Harris Jr., number one, Roby, number two, Callahan, three, uh, an ostensible rookie t- drafted this year, and then Yadam is is the question. So, um, I think Bradley Roby could be reclaimed under the tutelage of Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, 
and of course the new secondary coach Ronaldo Hill but what are your thoughts specifically Zach on on that topic Fangio and Donatel did a great job with Fuller in Chicago. So if, if they can get that kind of production out of Roby, he can be salvaged. And if they bring him back and if they sign Callahan, they will not go quarterback cornerback, excuse me, in the first round. They will get a corner uh, in the mid to late round. So um, can he do it? Sure. Can the Broncos feel they can upgrade the position? Sure. Is Callahan an upgrade? Sure. Uh, but they have to solidify that spot with a veteran and a rookie. It just depends on what route they want to go. But Fangio, for sure, it brings back the possibility of Roby resigning with Denver, but that's if he takes a hometown, hometown discount, and that's if he's not um, you know, secured by another team. Yeah. So, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. It's a little bit shorter than usual. And just so you know, as we transition to this daily format for the show, our sweet spot, just so you kind of know what to look forward to. In the past, what Zach and I have done is, is we've kind of gone about an hour on each episode, sometimes a little short, sometimes a little bit over, but that's kind of our deadline marker is, is the hour point. Going daily, the sweet spot's going to be more about 30 to 40 minutes. This one's going to be a few shorter than that, but it's because I'm a little bit under the weather, and so I'm not feeling the hottest. I'm not myself. Maybe even some of you might even be able to sense that in today's show. So we're cutting this one just a little bit short, but we wanted to be able to get to some of your questions that were, were burning in the hearts of Broncos country in the Mile High Mailbag today. So make sure, though, in the meantime, you take some time and follow the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Take some time. If you haven't done it, another reminder, rate the show, leave a creative review. It's especially important on iTunes and Stitcher. And until then, you guys, we'll, we'll see what comes out of the Senior Bowl this weekend. And Zach and I will be coming right back at you for an episode bright and early Monday morning. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you here soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.